Good morning, or afternoon, or whenever you listen to the show. Anyways, we're uh, we're sitting down with friend of the show, turkey guy and local turkey nut Jay Stone this week. And with deer season behind us, for the most part, there's still a few hunts left in parts of Florida. Uh, everyone's brain is starting to make the switch uh, from nice antlers and juicy backstraps over to clucks, purrs, beards, and spurs. So we're talking turkeys with just a few turkey hunting stories and a few tips and tricks to get your gears turning. So it's time to pick up the slate call or pop in a mouth call and proceed to drive your significant other nuts because, well, those are the sounds of springtime. Uh, make sure you guys get pre-registered for the Poker Run at the 2024 Mudbug Bash via the link in the podcast description. You can also get your tickets down there uh, for the Mudbug Bash as well. Use your favorite email uh, when you pre-register for that Poker Run, and we'll be sure to add in a free year of Spartan Forge, the mapping app that is integrating AI to help you power your success on your next outdoor adventure. Uh, listen, I know you're thinking turkey chairs right now, uh, but I'm still trying to figure out a way to get James over at Hasmore Outdoor Products to make me a turkey chair using his awesome climber seats. As you're packing up the whitetail gear and spring draws near, take a long, hard look at that old climber seat and make the right choice and click your way on over to Hasmore Outdoor Products via the link in the podcast description. And upgrade that bad boy with a whole trick out kit from Hasmore. You won't be disappointed. Oh, and I almost forgot. Use UPO15 at checkout for uh, 15% off your order. Let's hop into this show. I'm your host, Will Krebs, and this is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. Get off on a wild tangent about I ain't gonna bring that up. <laughs> oh, but we're in here tonight to talk uh turkey hunting. Is deer season out out now? I mean I know Alabama's over. Florida part of Florida ended last week, I think. Yeah, I think that that panhandle hunt goes to like the twenty eighth or something of February. Mm, I think I there's parts of it. That, I think there's far? like one county up there that you can hunt until just about the end of February. Yeah, I know up in was it Zone D, they run pretty late in February, and I want to think that they even ran, some of them even ran into uh, almost to March. Um, but let's see, DM, there's so DMU, D1 and D2. Uh... Hell, if I can get the daggum. Oh, well, maybe Brower will find it. Anyway, it runs pretty late. And then it's almost like with Florida, you know, you finish deer season and then you start turkey. You, you just take a light nap and turkey season starts. And then as soon as turkey season's over, you turn around and it's deer season again. Yep. It's, I'm just telling you. zone A. Well, it's just like Alabama. The season's so long up there. You know, we get done with you know our deer season. Turkey season kicks in almost immediately, you know, right. in, in time span. It's like, boom. And then we're hog hunting. It gets too hot for that. And 90 days later, we're back to deer hunting, you know. So it's uh, 
I, I'm so glad in, in Alabama they they did that um, move the season on over into February. You know, it's so it's so much nicer up there now. Now tell me, why the hell do you think Alabama's deer season? I think like this year started on a Wednesday and ended on a Saturday. It just is, my whole life it's been like that. It's just a random. It's a date. They you know, and it, they just pick a start date. Pick a start date. date. Like th- this year, the season ended on Saturday, but sometimes it'll end on Tuesday. You know, it's just, <laughs> uh, just the way it is. You know, but it's uh, you know, it's just the way it is. But yeah, because I mean, hell, you could just make it the eleventh. Give us till Sunday, but nope, Saturday was yeah, the end. Saturday was the end this year, February tenth. Yeah, it was over. So whatever Last that, weekend. whatever that day is, like I guess the next year it'll be on a Sunday or a Monday or Friday or something. I'm sure it'll change. Well, it's a leap year, so it should be on a Monday, I guess. Well, hopefully, if it's a leap year, it'll continue all season into the you know the next year. Right? Yeah, you know how that works. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I seen something today. Uh, it said uh, turkeys were created by God and fences were created by man. So I think I'm going to follow the Creator. <laughs> <laughs> tell you what though man when we were this at the end of deer season you know of course you know I, I start looking for turkeys immediately anytime i'm in the woods i'm looking for turkey sign but um that one piece of property that my son owns man there's so many birds in there on that place i mean it just it is covered up I cannot wait till the season opens. Of course, you know, I booked three. I've got three turkey hunts booked in Alabama already. So that kind of stops me from hunting a little bit, you know, because I need to make sure my clients are good. Right. So I'll stay off of them till we go in there and try to get a couple of them killed by clients. And then this Katie bar the door. What, uh, how did you get into turkey hunting? How did you, when did you start turkey hunting? Man, I've been turkey hunting since I was a kid, you know, but I never, I didn't get really get deep off into it until I, this is going to sound crazy when I say it, but until I got tired of killing deer, you know, I always turkey hunted, but I just, I don't know, about 15, 15 years ago, maybe 17 years ago, every time I'd pull the trigger on a deer, I didn't care if it was a doe or a big old rack buck. I would set my rifle down and go, man, now I got to get out of this tree and I got to get that deer out of the woods. I don't have any place to put his head on the wall. Uh, I don't know if I want to do this anymore, you know, as hard as I've been doing it. So I switched over to turkey hunting. And once I got into turkey hunting, man, it got me. It's all I think about now. <laughs> that's right. all i think about now is turkey hunting because uh, i'm telling you man they're, they're so hard to kill if they can see so good they can hear so good if they could smell as good as a deer we'd never kill one you know well you know i don't think that everybody accredits a turkey well i've heard it several times people accredit a turkey for being smart and i don't think a turkey is smart i think a turkey is terrified of everything mm-hmm. that's exactly right they're just savvy yeah, you know, you think a deer savvy, a turkey is savvy because from the time it's hatched, help before it's hatched, everything in the woods from coons and possums and snakes, is fire, trying to ants, get fire ants, everything, yeah, everything's trying to kill it, you know, and they're just, um, I'm not saying they're smart because they're not. <laughs> well, you can only pack so much brain into exactly. that head, and I love know? to see it fly out, <laughs> of the head. but they, um, 
you know it's just it's just the fact that they're everything in the woods is trying to kill them at 24 7 you know so if that was the case with us well because none of us are real smart i promise you i know all you know <laughs> so if something was trying to kill us 24 7 we'd get savvy when it came to being killed and they just that's where they're at well before we jump in here any further let me introduce everybody we got in here tonight i'm your host will krebs i got briar in here with me this evening hi yo and we've got mr jay stone what's happening and we're talking turkeys as you can probably already tell five six minutes into the show <laughs> it's about time oh but, and february 18th is the last day i see on there so it was it's uh it's this weekend yeah the way i say this weekend by the time you're hearing this what, it's Sunday? over yeah because today's february 15th now is that on public land up there also, or is that private land only? Or because I know a, here, I know here in this zone, we've got a week before uh, public land, private land opens, and then the next week public land opens. I don't know. That's that's zone B, and I think that depends on the the, the WMA. I gotcha. DM DM D, D zone D or zone zone B. Uh. That's zone B. Zone February eighteenth, general gun season. Zone zone B is is south of us. That's what it says here. No, I, I believe you because you still see it in the in the redraws. You see the the hunts popping up. Let's see, what would the panhandle be? C. D. The, no, D. we are zone zone D is the panhandle. So D, yeah, February eighteenth. Yeah, same thing with B. Is December second to February eighteenth. Why huh? would they be killing deer gun. that late D? south of us? Well, is, so I say south of us. Zone B is its own creature. Yeah. So, it is south of us, but it's not a very big zone. Right. It's a fairly small zone. In fact, I think it takes up part of part of South Lake County. Yeah. And part of Orange, Orange County. County. Yeah. So, it's a tiny little section down right. there. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, that's like you, you was, uh, I'm not looking at the zone map. I just down around, Cla- down around Claremont. You were just looking at a, a dang. Pelochi. Yeah. Yeah. Muzzleloader hunt down there. They was still open on redraws. Pick up a muzzleloader hunt. That's crazy. Still time to kill deer. Yeah. Well, not anymore when you're hearing this, but anyway, hell, it feels like spring out. Mm-hmm. Just about. I mean, it was it's been nice weather beautiful. the last couple yeah, days. It's been beautiful the last couple days, man. But I got my I got a turkey hunt this year. I got a turkey hunt Easter weekend. So you put in what'd you put in for here in Florida? Uh, I drew the pipeline. Did you this year? It amazes me that there's because you know when I was a kid hunting up there, you couldn't shoot turkey. You, you couldn't hunt turkeys in Florida. There wasn't none of them. You right. Know? There there was, but you know you'd see them every once in a while. But up there in the scrub. Man, we'd be the running dogs. You never saw turkeys up there, you know. And now I'll go up nineteen, mm-hmm. heading out of state to hunt or guide or something, and see turkeys on the side of nineteen. I mm-hmm. seen three freaking rope draggers the other day right there uh, by my office off of Curtis Street. Yeah, you know when they put that housing development in there, they ruined some of our oh, of our shady turkey hunting. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it was it was a iffy situation. It was legal, but. Man, we were so upset when they started pushing them trees down. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh. And my place. The birds are still there. The birds are still there. Just yeah. moved into town. You know, I was standing out in the yard the other day at, at the office, standing out in the, in the yard at the office, and uh, I was talking to my coworker, and I got quiet, and I started turning my head around. He's like, what do, you, what do you hear? I said, man, I hear a dang hen turkey. And I'm looking around, like out across the field, and I don't see her. 
I'm like, I don't know where the hell she is at. And I said, ah, maybe I'm just going crazy. And I leave, and about 30 minutes later, he sends me a photo. There was five of them on the roof of the building. <laughs> like buzzards. Yeah, they were up on the roof of the building. They're just on the other side. I don't know what they were doing. They were just on the other side of the eave, so I couldn't see them from where I was standing. Right. And they crossed over the, t- the peak of the roof and were on the back of the building. About 30 <laughs> minutes later, there's five hens up there. Standing Sound the like you need lot, to get that... Like, uh, that old recurve ready. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Take it to work. <laughs> pellet, pellet ride. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that um, and you know, well, you know my place on the bypass out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, man. Well, they're tearing all that down. They, too. Ain't, they ain't about six trees standing out there on that. I mean, that was a big old chunk of land we had out mm-hmm. there. And let me tell you something. You talking about shooting birds? Oh, I know. I've seen them out there in that field. Man, it, we shot. We, I had some guys from Oklahoma that would come in every year, and I'd guide them out there. And for five, for six years, six years straight, they both tagged out on that property. Two days. And a couple of times, they would tag out one day, you know, be in and out. They were bankers. They had a bunch of money, so right. they were chasing, you know, chasing turkeys everywhere. But, man, we, we used to go out there and smoke them. I mean, it, but not no more. You know, they're probably all over on the lake right there at that yeah. preserve now. But which they used to they used to roost in there, and I'd move in there as close as I could to the bypass and watch them pitch across the highway. And be like, yeah, here they come, was right there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know? but uh, hit the call twice, and here they. Gobbles come running, you know, to the deeks. But I, I think one of the biggest arguments in the state of Florida right now is where the actual line is for an Osceola versus an Eastern. I thought about when I was coming back from Alabama the other day. I thought about that because I saw some birds in a field. Yeah, up there on ten, just about where I was getting the seventy-five to turn. And of course, I couldn't tell if they were Osceola's or Easterns, but I'm like, I wonder what those birds are right there. Because I think that's the line. I think NWTF now has a line drawn somewhere around Gainesville or maybe just north of Gainesville, which, and, and there's a lot of people that'll still sit there on the interwebs and argue with you that if it ain't south of 70, it's not an Osceola. And that is simply not That's true. not the fact. It used to be that way. Mm-hmm. And there they are. I mean, you go south of 70, you're about damn sure not going to have an Eastern there. Uh, but you come up here in our area now in the North central Florida area, and uh, we have a mix of both. I mean, you, you can tell the difference in the two. I think there's more Osceolas than our Easterns. And the farther north you go, the more you see a heavier mix of Easterns and Osceolas. Mm-hmm. But I think that uh, the Osceolas are doing well oh, uh, yeah. as a as a whole. And so they are expanding further north. Yeah. And we don't have Panthers up here yet. So, I mean, hell. But I'm going to tell you, the turkey population here in Florida it has just, I mean, exploded over the last 10 years. I yeah. mean, it's just, I mean, they've done a great job with them, you know, but it's, uh, they, they have exploded, man. It's it's almost to the point now that in certain areas, you can take a pot and a pan out there and beat it together and call a bird to you. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's about got bad, but, you know, everybody talks about how hard turkeys are killed, but, you know, killing an Osceola, well... I don't take nothing from them, but they're not real hard to kill. (laughs) Beats the shit out of me. (laughs) I can't seem to manage to do it. Yeah, but you're hunting hunting public land. 
Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, over the last few years, since now you can draw a tag to hunt them, they have gotten savvy, you know, to, to the whole situation. So killing one on public land now is, is here in Florida is a little more difficult than killing one on private land. You know? I don't know that I've ever, I, I could tell you right now, I've never hunted Osceola's on private land. I've hunted Easterns on private land on different deer pieces of deer property we had. And it seems like every time we have a place to deer hunt, we see turkeys all deer season. And then come turkey season, they're gone. That's because they'll move off your property. And yeah. they, they go to the breeding areas. Yeah, we have the same deal in Alabama. You know, um, you'll see birds on people's property around you. Right. Like at Piney Woods. There's birds all around us. You don't ever see a turkey on the Piney Wood pri- property, you know, right Proper, there where yeah. the lodge is at, right? And... Uh, but as soon as it's hunting season, deer season gets over, and they go into that mode of getting ready to spring, to spring, they all come on our property. You know, they'll move off the all the other property around and come in on us. But, um, you know, it's it, yeah, they will disappear on you. Yeah, yeah, they'll disappear on you. Y'all got any birds on your place in Alabama? Shit, we barely had deer. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even heard a turkey up there. Really? <clears throat> I don't think, well, well, I know we're not going to keep it next year. Um, we did manage, and, you know, when the rut kicked in, we had a few, uh, had a, I wouldn't call him big, biggest buck we had on camera, real wide, eight or nine point, but real thin spindly horn. Mm-hmm. Um, he showed up, he actually showed up after the first dog hunt took place on the public land that's directly adjacent to our property. And he would only show up at night. Never had, uh, that's not true. Had a daylight photo of him, uh, on, uh, coming into the feeder at six forty-five in the morning, uh, of February 11th. I was going to say, you got a day, <laughs> daylight picture of him with a dog's on him. <laughs> no, February 11th. He was walking into the feeder right there by camp. We never had him on that camera the entire time till the light, the day right after deer season ended and he was in there in the daylight. <laughs> hey, not to get off the subject of turkeys and whatnot, but I thought about you the other day. I was, uh, had gone around, uh, the far end of the pond, you know, to run back in there to a stand. I'd need to go put some corn out and whatnot. And, it was fairly early. It was after daylight good, but still fairly early. And uh, I got out on that dam on the south end of the lake. I looked up the lake, man, and the whole lake was churning with the ducks taking off. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ooh, look at that. I didn't hardly hunt ducks last year either. Really? No, Y'all, I don't think you went once He did. He, well, yeah. the only time I went was when we went on our – we did a small game hunt up in southeast Georgia. Okay. Yeah, we duck hunted up there. When we did I know. That. I know. Briar went. Oh and, yeah. And uh, I killed a widgeon there the last, the last Friday. We killed a widgeon. Right on. Y'all, is, I mean, how are the ducks around here nowadays? Are they, I, 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 I haven't been hunting them. I don't. Um, it was slow this year. How'd it your nephew slow. do on the youth hunt? Killed him a coop. Very nice. He had the opportunity on some ducks. Not real good shots. Nothing on the water, but yeah. Didn't, but one on the water, but it was a little far, and I'm like, I got tired of looking at him, so I said, just let, let him have it. I said, you gave me them steel, right? And that's yeah. what I was letting him shoot for there for a little while. Yeah. And I said, here, slip that shell out of here. Put this big old ball, this <laughs> yeah. big old business number two in there. 
Let her eat. <laughs> I said, let her have it. That's the best chance you're going to have of killing that thing. <laughs> and the duck just flew off and went about 100 yards and lit. And then I looked. Um, I was getting there toward the end about 9 o'clock. And I'm just sitting there looking around in my binoculars like I do sometimes just to see what's flying around. And there's a nice, pretty Drake shoveler sitting out there in the middle about 100 yards away. Maybe, eh, yeah, 100 yards. Reaching there. Right in between. 22. Like he, he was like way out of range from me and then way out of range for the next boat that was in between us. Oh, man. And he's just sitting out there, not, not all relaxed. like nothing. Flipping the <laughs> proverbial bird. That's right. Yeah. Pretty Drake, too, that. man. He was all colored out and everything. But... I don't know, man. I, I didn't duck hunt much this year. Just wasn't. I was more worried about deer hunting. And but all in all, the property in Alabama accomplished for me what I felt, what I set out for it to accomplish, and that was for my son yeah. to get a couple deer. And dude, that was a the kid is really he is spoiled when it comes to oh, yeah. when it comes to deer hunting oh, yeah. because it's something that I grew up doing. So and on top of that, like I. My dad, I grew up doing it with my dad, uh, but my dad didn't take, doesn't take the affinity towards firearms and things of that nature that I do. So when it came down to like, you know, he's seven, he's not a real big kid. He's, he's pretty skinny little guy. And, uh, so I was like, I don't, I don't want to give him like a dang 243, which is what he's got now. Um, so we got him on the six, eight SPC, which is. In the AR-15. It keeps me from having to buy a dang whole another rifle for a youth because I can collapse a stock down. Doesn't recoil for nothing, but man, it put them deer in the dirt. Yeah, I saw the video. <laughs> it did. But uh, he's been spoiled because those two days were so productive for yeah. him. We went back uh, over Thanksgiving, and we saw deer every hunt, but just little yearlings here and there, and... Uh, he just, he, he's like, dad, I, I got to kill. Cause that buck showed up before Thanksgiving, the bigger buck. I was like, well, you're going to have to shoot something that we're going to get shoulder mounted, you know, a good, good buck or, you know, maybe another big doe right now. We need to wait. Cause I got to pick up dang near $300 worth of deer meat from the, <laughs> <laughs> from the processor while we're here. I said, you got to have to give daddy's wallet a break and we'll have to figure out where we can put more in the freezer and get to the house. And he, uh, had a chance the last, the weekend before last week in the season, but the gun didn't go off. So really, yeah. What was what what was that deal? I don't know. Shell so or? it's it's my dad's my dad's rifle. Uh, that six eight is my dad's, and I had every intention of cleaning it before. Mm. Um, he got a chance to shoot it again, but my dad grabbed it and took it back to go do something with it, and I never right. got a chance to clean it. Yeah. So I I really think because the morning before that hunt, <clears throat> um, I went to chamber the round, and it didn't want to seat easily into yeah. the chamber yeah but it was just dirty it's carbon build up and yeah. whatnot and like i told my dad he's like ah oh, that thing's not gonna go off i was like yeah but look you have to keep it clean mm -hmm. I said, because you're you know you're running around that's not necessarily wasn't how what the platform was designed to run i said and that was we built that gun when that round was an early adaption into the civilian market and i said you you could have a gas hole that's way oversized and you're putting a whole bunch of crap back mm -hmm. in there so yeah but it worked fine two times. He shot the deer, other deer with it. Well, you know, talking about being spoiled, that's what I always with Denise and Ty. You know, yeah. It's the same thing. I'm just like, y'all are spoiled rotten. You know, I was trying to, when I was growing up, I was trying to kill a deer in a scrub in front of dogs, you know, <laughs> yeah. shooting rat heads. And I mean, in reality, I was too growing up spoiled hunting. I wasn't hunting with a gun as early as he was. I didn't start carrying a gun to the woods to hunt deer until I was 
nine or ten at that time. I was carrying the old thirty thirty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Screw a thirty thirty and things. But, yeah, <laughs> like Ty and Denise. I mean, they they don't they never had to hunt nothing. You know. Right. Because I was in the outdoor business. You know, so it's like y'all want to go to Texas with me? <laughs> yeah, we want to go to Texas <laughs> with you. All right. We'd show up in Lander and be like, hey, Jane, we're not, the clients aren't here for, you know, a couple of days. Y'all can go hunt if you want to, you know, and it's like, we're sitting in the damn, we're sitting in the shooting house. I'm looking through my knockers. I'm like, man, there's a 150 inch 10 point right there. There's a 180. There's a, you know, which one are you going to shoot? You know? So it's just like, I always talk to her, Denise about it. I'm like, you are so spoiled rotten about shooting deer. You know, you never had to hunt one. All you've had to do is get up early and you complain about that, you know? <laughs> But, well, you I know, mean, my nephew was wore out by the time we got done. <laughs> uh, what? Well, yeah, y'all slept out there the night before. Yeah, we I fixed him a little bed in the back seat of the truck, and he was all right. I don't sleep ever. When I do that, I just don't sleep. Yeah, I went over and hung out with the cooking guys. That's fair enough. <laughs> oh, they put on Ducks Unlimited puts on a good good new thing up there. Oh yeah, my nephew won a free mount. Oh, nice. He wants to get the coot mounted, and I'm like, we'll pay for the coot, and then we'll get the good one for the free one. Yeah, he <laughs> kill you a duck duck for for that one. Yeah, we're going to get a real duck one this, next Where year. Where was that hunt at? Area 7. Yeah. They, like, they really do. They do it, like, they don't charge anything, so it's all based off of donations. Right. But the kids, uh, Landon Blankenship, you ever heard of him? Seems like yeah. I... <clears throat> He's one of the best taxidermies for waterfowling in the state. One of the best. Him and another guy, uh, they give it away. to. They donate it to DU for the kids mm-hmm. that they get a free mount, and they raffle that off. That's cool. And the kids are the only ones that get that raffle. They don't pay anything for that raffle. They they all get a bag, and they got, like, uh, calls and a hat and whatever in there, maybe a lanyard or something. And then they get a, a six-pack of decoys. Mm-hmm. I never had that beer. <laughs> six pack of decoys. <laughs> Y'all yeah, try you're getting, and you're, you're not even getting like cheap game winner decoys. No, they got, you're getting dang. They got tangle free. Tangle free decoys, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're getting the good stuff. But yeah, they, they put on an awesome event every year. And they like I said, them guys cook uh cooked a bunch of pork shoulders and mm-hmm. on the smoker that mm-hmm. all night smoking. Bunch of people camp out up there. A bunch of kids running around the night before. It's, Actually, it wasn't that time. packed the night before this year. No, no, they didn't start showing up till about I don't know one, two o'clock in the morning. No, thank you, man. That's why I quit. That's why I don't exactly. duck hunt so much anymore. I was man. just having nightmares so about tired. hunting South Florida. You know, hunting in the Everglades. You know, in the Holy Lands and all. Man, oh. It was terrible. <laughs> it was, it was I, you know, I I used to we duck hunted quite a bit when we had that we had a little wood duck hole on a piece of private property you had in Georgia. It was great, great little awesome. wood duck hole, flooded timber hole, and I would always duck hunt the crap out of that at the end of season, uh, and sometimes throughout deer season, I wake up in the morning and it's raining, like pissing rain, like we're going to the wood duck hole. But I ain't gonna sit in the tree stand in the rain. I right, right. go stand in the wood duck hole though, yeah. and all my you know dry stuff, uh, and hunt you know wood ducks. But when we lost that property, I just haven't done it since. Right. I have a hilarious story about duck hunting, but I can't tell it on the podcast. 
uh, uh, man. Statute of limitations. Uh, Maybe, possibly. (laughs) But we, (laughs) i give you an overview. So where our property runs down to Piney Woods Creek up there in Alabama, our property goes across the creek. And uh, there was 104 acres on the other side of it that I tried to get Dad to go ahead and buy, which would connect all of it, you know. But he's like, yeah, I don't let it's planted pines. We can't really hunt it, and we own all the woods on the creek, so we don't need all we don't need it. So some guys from Florida, they ended up buying it. Had a little house on it, and this and that and the other. Damn Florida boys. I know, they <laughs> wreck something. But I was sitting in my stand one morning, and I heard one of them shoot, and I'm like, that joker's on our property, you know. So I got down out of my stand and walked across, went across the creek. His stand's in the creek bottom. I mean, it's right there. I could hear the action on his rifle when he shot. You know. Yeah. So I, I didn't say a word. I'm like, well, I'm going to let Dad take care of this. So I went back across the creek. And the guy saw me. So we got in the truck and went around here. And uh, so Dad ended up, we ended up finding three or four stands on our property. Dad told him, look, y'all need to get them stands on the property right now, you know, or we're, I'm calling the game warden. So uh, that creek in there, every morning, they'd be 6,000 ducks fly into that creek in there. <laughs> well, those guys wanted to hassle my dad and, you know, back talk him and whatnot. And he said, that's all right, I got something for you. So he called my cousin, and he'd never let anybody duck hunt in there. My cousin had been begging to duck hunt in there. <laughs> Wouldn't let him. <laughs> so um, he come over to the house, and I took him in there. And I'm like, hey, you need to call your buddies. And, you know, so there four of them went down in there that next morning before daylight. And those guys, had, those guys had taken their stands and put them on the trees right on the fence line, which was still on our property, we think. But So they got down in there, and I was over on the other piece on White Pond Road, and, you know, three-quarters of a mile from them. And let me tell you something, son. The cannon fire went off. Dude, it started half hour before sun, sunrise. sun cracked just a tiny little bit. You could hear them ultra magnets just in there, just. You know, like cannon fire coming through the trees. Shaking the trees, and it wasn't but 20, 30, 30, 40 yards from where them guys were sitting, you know, and they cut loose and they shot ducks till 10 o'clock in the morning. I mean, they hammered them. I get back to the house, I'm like, man. I said, they done went down there and hammered the ducks this morning. Dad just sitting there grinning. He's like, yeah, I was sitting in the barn looking at the food plot up top with my coffee pot running, you know, with my rifle just laughing. Like, <laughs> Dude, they sold that place that year. They were gone. Dad bought it. <laughs> it was fun. Did I, have I ever told you the, the story about the uh, time uh, I caught a trespasser on our property in Tennessee? Mm-hmm. We were hunting up there. Oh, man. I don't know if I've ever told this one on the podcast. I don't think I've ever. Heard. I've never told remember. you about this. Maybe I don't remember. So we had a we had a spot <laughs> that was probably mm, maybe eighty or ninety yards inside our inside the property line on our side, down in the creek bottom, and it was watching because deer would come down the creek bottom, hop the fence there, and come up into the area, moving you know uh, west to east across the property through there. So I'm sitting there one morning and as the sun's coming up, I look down through the creek bottom and I can see a shoulder. It's bow season, mind you. And I can see a shoulder sticking out from behind a tree on the ground. And I'm like, who the is over here 
on our property. Like I know none of the other, I know where the other two guys I'm hunting with are at and they're not over here by me. And I'm looking and, and I get my binoculars up and I look and I can see that it's that old woodland camo. And I'm like, some mother done come over here, cross the fence. I hear he's got to be hunting with a rifle. Ain't nobody sitting against a tree on the ground. So I'm sitting there and I'm contemplating for a while and he, and he doesn't move. And I said, no, screw it. I get down out of the tree and I set my bow down. I pull my handgun out and start walking over there. And I got right up on that thing and I can see the camouflage. And I said, hey, what are you doing? And he didn't move. And I turn, come around the corner. It was a balled up camouflage tarp that must have got pushed in there when the water went up. <laughs> I spent I spent 45 minutes in the tree convincing myself somebody was sitting behind that damn big old oak tree down there in the bottom. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I said, yeah, you're an idiot. And I turned and went and got back in the tree. I didn't see shit that day. You know? <laughs> and talking about Tennessee, that's where you need to bring your boy up this year to turkey hunt tennessee yeah because i think i'm actually going to be up there for right now i'm planning on staying in tennessee for a month who and turkey hunting yeah, and bass fishing and probably jerk some specs too or crappies for y'all people that don't know what a speck is i think that's what they call them in tennessee is crappy they call them crappies you know it crappies. drives me the crazy. only place i've heard people call them speck is down here in florida yeah, I mean, yeah, Alabama, same thing. We're going to catch some crappies. I'm like, dude, they're specks, not just big crappies. If you mm-hmm. look them up in the book, what are they called? Speckled perch. Mm-hmm. Yep, but I'm going to tell you, that place in Tennessee we've got, man, you, you talking about crazy birds. It's yeah. there. You can't walk through the woods that someplace the bird hadn't scratched, you know. It's unbelievable. It's, it is unbelievable. That's that's how it was on the piece we had up there. We had a lot of birds up there. Yeah, but a lot I of birds. Killed, I don't know that I ever I turkey hunted it one year. Uh, but the nice thing about that piece was, again, it butted up to public land. So you could call them. If they weren't coming to the property, you just go out and around and come back down two properties over on public land. You go out the back of our property, go around the other properties, come around the other side, quarter mile away from where you were, but now you're back on public land on the other side of the birds, or you can call them up back into the woods. Well, one good thing about our place up there is um, the back side of our property butts up to a WMA, WMA, um, which it's so deep on that property that you can't get there. I mean, nobody, it's like a sanctuary in there. It's miles and miles, and they only run three hunts a year on that place. Pull that mic in a little closer to you. But they only run three hunts a year on that on that place so nobody gets in there that deep so we've got it man it's unbelievable how many birds we got in there i mean oh actually during deer season because i archery hunt up there a lot so before i got to start guiding gun and they're they're actually a pain in the ass there's so many birds you know so let's talk about uh woodsmanship when it comes to turkeys because you hear a lot of I mean, when you think like a uh, strut zone and turkey tracks and where they're dusting and where they're doing this and doing that, and you can read about the sign and what the sign means, but if you don't truly know how to interpret the sign, it's not going to tell you anything. It's like you you can know what a deer track looks like, wander around the woods and see deer tracks everywhere, but if you're not paying attention to what the deer tracks are doing, they're not, not going to help you with anything. So 
and woodsmanship, maybe that's something that I'm lost on as a turkey hunter because I don't, I don't understand what I'm reading. And it's, it's, I think it's easier to get lost in woodsmanship on turkeys because turkeys are so vocal. Yeah, that Dustin thing and all of that, that's a feeding area type situation. Like they do that a lot around like feeders. Mm -hmm. If you're running a feeder, they'll do all, you know, um, as far as turkey tracks, you know, there's turkeys on the property and that's, they're just moving and feeding. But like one thing about turkey crap, you know, is if you look at it, you'll know if it's a, if it's a hen or a Tom, you know, how can you tell the difference? Curl Tom shit. Excuse my language. Tom shit to curl on top of his turd. Hen don't Hmm. drop the turd. Well, fa- I guess if you crap and eggs. Yeah, exactly. You <laughs> flatten. It'll do that to exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> uh, um, you can look at their. You can look at their poop and see what what bird dropped it. You know, because it'll do a little ice cream curl on top. Now, see, I didn't know that. Yeah. And then you get people down here in Florida. I see it all the time, and I don't know how to tell you the difference, uh, but. Th- People following, look at these turkey tracks, sandhill crane tracks. The sandhill, yeah. 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 Well, the thing is about a sandhill and a turkey is a sandhill, his toes are a lot closer together. A turkey's toes don't do that when he walks. They're spread out. Yeah. So, And they're not as long as a sandhill. That's all I've ever used to pick them apart. Sandhill crane track, if that's a turkey, son, that's a mondo turkey. Yeah. Because yeah. that yeah. sandhill crane track be butt yeah. size like, of your hand. hand. And, their, yeah. and their toes are like that. Mm-hmm. A turkey's, you know, they're spread out good. Right. You know. So you can tell the difference on a turkey track and a sandhill. I mean, if you know what you're looking at. Right. But, and I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to lie to you. Them sandhills eat better than a turkey, as far as I'm oh, concerned. Oh, I know that. They do. <laughs> now, I ate them in Texas. I have never killed one in Florida and ate it. I'm just gonna put that out there. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna sidebar a little bit in your travels around Eustis. Have you seen that triple banded yeah, yeah. sandhill that I've wanders around? It. He's got a money band and two regular bands yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you another They're one. They're all seen. money bands, but you ain't getting no money. You're giving it up. You get it. <laughs> You're paying. I mean, if I accident if I accidentally run him over accidentally, I mean I tend to yeah. Accidentally, I, yeah. When I see him, I just let go and Jesus take the wheel. But he hasn't, <laughs> he hasn't uh, helped me out in that respect yet. I got to quit getting the alignment the pr- the done on that is, work truck. The problem is, is, is you don't get to keep it. I'll tell you this: I saw one not too long ago that apparently had been hit by a car and broke his knee joint. Mm-hmm. And it's—I don't know if you've seen him or not—but he's got a black box that clamps around his knee joint, I guess, to keep the thing from coming out of socket again yeah it's obviously some nfl nba stuff or like something. somebody tried to re- well is rehabbing him they, to yeah like they rehabbed him and put this crazy clamp box around his knee that bends you know i will fillet him yeah, and release like, him man yeah. i don't care yeah, about your leg <laughs> cut your breast out your, your breast gonna be good fried yeah <laughs> Yeah, so. Jordan brought some home from uh, Texas. Oh, oh man, they were oh, it's killer. Man, it's they're like the a deer best. steak. Yeah, it is they're better than a deer steak. It's just dark meat that yeah. you can, if you strip it up about the size of your finger and batter it. Mm. Oh man, they're good. I cooked it just like yeah. a steak on the grill, like yeah. a medium oh, rare steak yeah. on the grill. Mm. Yeah, it was good. 
but good and tender. Wasn't tough. Yeah, yeah, they're good, man. He's good. They are good. So, what is a strut zone, and how effective is it? What what it, is that sign even worth spending time around? How do you recognize that? A strut zone, right? Well, it's where he struts, but is there anything yeah. specific that stands out? Because all you, I mean, you see him out in the middle of a field, or you see him in the middle of a road. I, I don't, I don't have a comment on that because I don't know what a strut zone is. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know what a strut zone is. I don't understand. So it's a, it's well, that tells you how important it is. That's kind of right what I figured. Yeah, it's not. I mean, what is a strut zone? I mean, it, it, that it. That makes absolutely no sense to me because I've seen birds strutting in every place you can see them strut. I think right. I think it's a strut situation. It's not a zone. You know, I think the bird gets ready to strut and he, you know, and he blows up and does it. Um, I would say that he's probably seeing hens or hearing hens or you know something like that. But as far as a strut zone. Uh, you know, it's like a construction zone. It happens all over the highway. You know, I don't, I don't know. I just, I just try to. He's think gonna I, puff up. He's gonna he puff up. Or not. Exactly. He's I'm gonna... trying to, I'm trying to reason uh, turkey hunting into the same way you would reason deer hunting, or figure out a way to think about it like that. Because I, deer are, they're they're creatures of habit and they're patternable, right? You you mm-hmm. can figure out deer figure out based on this wind and that temperature who's going to be where where they're going to bed when they should be moving but turkeys i don't know man i they're just trying not to die i literally play it all i literally play it by ear there's three things on a turkey's brain not dying pussy and eating (laughs) Mm. yeah i mean is there much more and i'm hoping tungsten of my eye Yeah. You can add the four, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're. I mean, they are a creature habit. You know, the, the way that they, the, where they roost, and now they might not always be in the same exact place. Now there are properties that I hunt that I can guarantee you, them birds are going to be exactly where they were the day before. Some of it has to do with water, you know, because they want to put their backs to water. Um, you know, tree situation. Once again, water um, and field or food or any of that stuff. But I'm going to tell you, there's a couple pieces I hunt that I know when I go in there that I don't even have to actually try to locate them. I just slip in there and sit down and tell my client, look, or, you know, if I'm hunting by myself, whatever, I tell them, look, we're not going to locate. We're not going to do nothing. I know exactly where the birds are. I know exactly where they're going to pitch. You know. And when we hear them pitch, then I'll start dealing with them. But right. we're, that's what we're going to do, you know. So don't, you know, don't fart, don't cough, no nothing, because we're fixing to walk in here underneath them. You know. You know and I thought that last year I, we we put in Jordan put in quite a bit of work before season started to figure out where the birds were and where they were going to roost at night. He watched them do that several times in the, over the course of a couple of weeks before the hunt I had last year. And then I showed up the morning before the hunt, before sunrise, and I was there to verify that the birds were still coming off of that roost. 
And then I snuck in there real slow to verify that they were going where we could get access to them on the public land. And that was the case. They were roosted right where he said he would be. They went right down where we needed him to be. Everything was set for the next morning. Backed out. They never saw me. Went on about my way. Come in there the next morning. Walk in under the cover of darkness with no flashlights. As slowly as we possibly could because the woods were so freaking thick. I mean, you're stopping every two feet to pick something out of your eyeball. Because, you, again, no flashlights. Because they can see the light, mm-hmm. you know. Get sat down. Peace and you know, quiet. Everything set up. We got hour and 45 minutes till sunrise. Take a quick nap. Sun comes up. That freaking bird was 20 feet to my left in the top of a pine tree. He should have been 100, 150 yards away from me. No hens with him? No, when they hit the ground, they flew out of that. There was another gobbler in a tree that was about 75 yards away, and I could see him clearly. He was on private land. They hammered back and forth to each other, hit the ground, and sprinted across that daggum field. Where were the hens? They pitch over there where they run to? Never saw the hens until the afternoon, so I assume they were over. Yeah, in that's where they were at. The hens got you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you just were unlucky, you know? Yeah. Well, that, that whole hunt was a, a series of being unlucky what that was right yeah they'll they'll they won't roost with the hens i mean sometimes they'll roost close but it was if there's a big field there or something yeah and they got line of sight they'll they'll roost a little further from the hens but um if you're in the big woods they won't roost too far from them right you know but it's uh you know and when they pitch you know, it's very tough to call them off of them birds once when they first pitch. It's very difficult to do. You can call a younger bird off of them, you know, because they're breeding hierarchy. Um, they do a, they've determined who breeds, what gobbler breeds first, you know, as a ladder. And uh, there's a chance you, and I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be a bad bird. You know, I'm just saying it's going to be a younger bird. He may be a dang... At this point, I'm shooting for a legal bird, Jay. Right. Well, all you got to do is have a little poke out there, a little thumb out there, you know. But, uh, yeah, calling one calling a bird off of hens after they pitch is, is difficult. You know, it's not the optimum. And a lot of guys that I've hunted with, and and myself included, um, I prefer to hunt... 9 30 10 10 30 in the morning because yeah. the hens have gone to sit and then everybody starts wandering and that's when you can get one to come to you and you didn't you don't really have to call at him a bunch because he already knows where you're at all you got to hit him a couple times and and their brains are like a gps he hears you and he's got you triangulated he's like okay uh, that's where that hen's at and if, even if you haven't called in 30 minutes 45 minutes he still knows and he'll come check you you know, and there's the times that I'll sit down and not call, but once every 30, 45 minutes and just sit, yeah. sit there still and just yomp, 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 real quiet, put my call down, take it out of my mouth or whatever. And uh, they'll, they remember where you're at and they'll come check you out. You know, and it may, it may take you sitting there till noon, one o'clock before you see his head coming through the woods, you yeah. know? Turkey hunting's a pay, it's a it's a man it's a nightmare you know as, as still as you got to be and as patient as you got to be. So, and, 
Let me ask a question with that. Do you ever move around a little bit? Oh, yeah. That? Yeah. In the morning, I run and gut him, dude. Well, okay. So, like you saying at 9, 30, 10 o'clock, and you called at him, do you ever kind of make a little circle and call from different, a little bit different spots? Yes. Maybe stay in the same area. Yes. Don't go real far. I will do that. But does that help? If I can seem get, like that turkey is moving, like yeah, that hen is exactly. moving around in that yeah, area. I, I do do that. If I can get him to answer me, yeah, at, at nine thirty, ten o'clock. If I can get him to answer me and I can locate where he's at, yeah. What I'll do is I'll get up and I'll move to him, not over move, but I'll move to him twenty, thirty, forty yards. Yeah, I'll sit down, and hit him again. Now you're going real slow. With real that, right? slow. You're going like it's taking you a good bit yes. to get that thirty, forty yeah. yards. Because I, because in, in my hurry. brain, I'm thinking he's coming at me. I'm coming at him, yeah. so I don't want to over-pursue this. I just want to move so that he hears when I hit the call again that me as the hen is working to get to him yeah. and excite him a little bit. Like, oh, she's coming. She's coming. Let me close the gap. Let me close the gap on her a little bit. Yeah. And that really does work well. Matter of fact, I was guiding a turkey hunter that is was one of the best guys I've ever hunted with. He was a two-time national bird caller and you know he's just super good guy good friend of mine still to this day and he we had a bird hang up we had a guy he was an outdoor rider that we were guiding he was deaf couldn't hear birds and sean had the bird hang up he's hammering him. i mean he's hammering him he's going after him that bird is on fire and it's like 9 30 in the morning and uh finally i leaned up there and past the cameraman and i'm like look i told sean i said hey i'm gonna move up the other end of the field stop calling and i'll start calling from the other end of the field like like we're leaving him and maybe that'll get him to come on so i did i moved about i don't know 75 yards up the hill across the field just hammered and that jerker said and just started stroking you know like oh she's leaving me and uh that bird showed up, and it <laughs> it was funny. That bird showed the, – the guy wasn't completely deaf, but he couldn't hear worth of nothing. But that bird got in within about 20 yards of him and gobbled. And you can see on camera, it blew his mind. <laughs> it, you shook, hear it? <laughs> it shook the trees. I mean, it scared oh, – you the, feel it. it. Yeah, he felt yeah. it. It scared that dude. And uh, ended up, it blew his mind. I mean, it blew his mind so bad that the bird was at 15 yards. I'm talking about, I, I could have killed him with a broomstick. <laughs> and uh, he ended up not getting a shot at him. Got his barrel all caught up in a pine tree, and it, it turned into a shit show. Mm. But. He was rattled. He was rattled. It blew his mind, man. Oh, it was, it was so awesome. The cameraman looked at me and goes, after I got back down there, the cameraman looks at me and goes, he goes, my dead grandmother could have killed that bird. You know, I'm like, yeah, well, just keep it down. I'm like, oh, we can't hear you, but just, you know, this, oh, it was funny. All right, we, on that, on that same hunt, we spent the majority of that hunt uh, trying to pull birds off of a, off of private land fields, which is where they'd end up in the middle of the day, back into the woods a little bit. And 
we spent almost every morning hunting them two them two gobblers that were in the that we hunted the first morning because they stayed pretty much in that same spot. <clears throat> um, well, the first morning we did, the second morning we did, and then the last two mornings we we didn't because we figured out after the second morning that they were getting down, going to those hens, and coming right back to that spot about nine thirty ten o'clock with all the hens. So we wouldn't sneak in there till nine thirty or ten o'clock and then try and bring them in. The second morning, we had maneuvered on a, a lone gobbler in the middle of a field. I wouldn't say he was a monster, but he wasn't uh, wasn't a Jake either. Probably six seven inch beard, and uh, he was out there by himself, him a few cows and a donkey, <laughs> and he's just strutting back and forth and back and forth. I was like, bud, that's our target, man. He's lonely. You ain't got nobody with him. So we see him. He don't mind pay us no mind as a pickup truck parked out on the main road. And I started looking at the looking at the maps. I'm like, look, man, there's a there's a fire break runs along the backside of this. But if you see this, there's a terrain. You know, we put a terrain feature between us and the field, so we could literally stand and walk the whole way around. He can't see us back mm-hmm. there because we're below grade where he's at. Got to the other side of the field, the direction he was going. Get over there. And kind of peek out. He's back over where we were. We never made it. I'm like, God dang. So we start going back the other way. And he's back on the other side. I was like, you know what? I'm I'm done. The, I can't. The, the turkey dance. battle. The yeah. turkey battle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about donkeys. So. But oh, hang on. Before you get into that, let me tell you. Did you know a donkey can bark? No, but I know they can call a turkey. Let me tell you something. <laughs> when you're walking in in the pitch black down a fire break, because you don't need flashlights on white sand. You can see just fine. Well... Uh, what we couldn't see standing out in the field about 10 feet on the other side of that barbed wire fence was that donkey. And he said, Ruh! in the middle, in the pit, oh, son. <laughs> <laughs> it's tightened up. I about turned inside out trying to get out of there. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan was ready. Jordan about took off running. I'm, I'm like, boy. I got a gun. I said, I don't know if I can kill what the hell that was, but I ain't, running. I ain't going to outrun it. No, that kind of noise, you know. And then I stopped for a second, and I kind of, you know, you, when you're standing there in the dark, and if you kind of look past something, you yeah, can see where I, I kind of looked for it. I was like, it's that damn donkey. <laughs> God. Scared me so goddamn bad. Oh, goodness. Yeah, I was, I was, I had a, we, I was doing a, I was doing a hunt in Alabama, um, for a show, there was a cameraman with us, and and I was doing all the calling, and uh, there was a donkey in this pasture someplace over there. I don't know exactly where it's at, three road somewhere over there, and uh, I'd hit the call, and that gobbler would say, "Donkey, start hollering!" Yeah, he'd call back to the donkey. I'd hit it again. A donkey call back to me, and then the turkey call to the donkey. We were sitting there giggling. Oh, it was funny. And right after that, I shot a giant moccasin. That wasn't funny. Matter of fact, <laughs> I, t- I pulled my pistol out, and I'm like, I started that pistol right there. It's laying on the table. I pulled my pistol out, and I looked, and I'm like, mm, mm-mm. I looked at the hunter that we had with us, and I said, uh, I said, let me see your shotgun. Because <laughs> I didn't want to miss. So it was a she she gave me the shotgun and I used her shotgun to blow that joker in half. I'm telling you right now, he was big around as my leg. Mm. 
and I wasn't letting him go because I, I walk through there all the time. You yeah. Know? And I, oof, man, they're like, did that just ruin our hunt? And I'm like, mm-mm, come on. Let me tell you, that, that moccasin could have ruined your hunt. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Man, he was laid up on a creek bank, just just orange from that old Alabama clay. Yeah. And I saw him, and everybody that's with us was like, I'm like, you see that big-ass moccasin right there? And they're like, mm-mm. I'm like, it's right there, look. They, none of them could see it. You know, they're like, how are you seeing it? And I'm like, they finally figured out where it was at. And they're like, how did you see that thing? You know, and I'm like, because I do this for a living. Experience, I'm supposed to be able yeah. to see things, you know. You know, I, I try to practice anymore because I, I grew up, it was always, you see a rattlesnake, you kill it. Mm-hmm. Well, anymore now, if I'm out in the woods, if I'm going to the tree stand, I'm several hundred yards from camp and I come across a rattlesnake, I'm, I'll give you your space. You, you're, you're in your home. I'm, I'm the intruder. If I catch you in camp or I catch you in my yard, right? Yeah. Then I have to take care of that. that well, situation. I mean, we both grew up here, and when right. I was a kid, them big giant six foot, five and a half, six foot rattlesnakes were oh, normal. Big old diamondbacks, yeah, yeah, they were normal. You saw them constantly. You don't see them anymore because of the habitat's gone now. Because I mean, don't hardly ever see them. You don't hardly see moccasins around here. You don't hardly see moccasins either. You know, but I mean, they're tearing. I mean, they're tearing down their habitat so bad in Central Florida right now that. I mean, Jordan, behind my house, you know, that yeah. 450 acres that was in there, it's a desert, you know? I mean, it, it was loaded with turkeys. It, I mean, it had more turkeys than you could kill in it. And now, I look out there, and it is just a desert from them yeah. putting houses in there, you know? So, well, of course, we've had this conversation on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. It ain't going to change. It's getting just getting worse, you know? So... Let's take a break real quick. The Under Pressure Outdoors podcast is brought to you in part by Hang Free. With a mission to provide top quality products for the best possible price, Hang Free believes that the saddle hunting experience is worth more than money. They create both tried and true products as well as debut new items to the saddle hunting community, creating a community of saddle hunters that don't have to break the bank to participate in the hobby that they love. Do yourself a favor and join the Hang Free family this hunting season. They truly have everything you need. Don't forget to use offer code UPO10 at checkout for 10% off your order at hangfree.co. All right, Jay. Uh-oh. I know. Colin. Well, here we go. I know. <laughs> I think how I want to frame the question. How good do you have to be? You don't. How good, like, like, you hear it a lot. Everybody's always, tr- like, a lot of people are, they try to be sound exactly like a turkey. No. You just got to make some noise. Yeah, you, you, I mean, you can't be bad at it, but. Well, I'm bad at it. it so. Well, it depends on, <laughs> <laughs> and it just depends on how hard you're going to how hard you're going to call the bird or you know if he gets hung up you may have to reach into your bag of tricks but um i've i've hunted with a couple of guys that i consider to be the best turkey callers on the planet be honest with you and both of them had completely different approaches to calling birds one of them was a real soft gentle caller the other one was the most aggressive guy that i've ever been around 
And when he started calling birds the first time I hunted with him, which, you know, we were, it was with the National Turkey Federation that they were filming. And, and, and when we sat down that morning, he started calling. I'm like, mm, man, this is, this guy's out of control. But he was not, you know, he was hammering the birds. And, and it produced a bird 45 minutes after daylight. Boom, dead on camera. I was like, man, that I never didn't expect that. Then I kept hunting with him. We became friends. I hunted with him a bunch. Matter of fact, I'll hunt with him this year. I just hunted with him, deer hunted with him here just a couple weeks ago. But uh, he um, he's very aggressive, very aggressive. And my other buddy's very low-keyed and laid back. The thing is, <clears throat> if you know you're not a good caller, um don't call that much less is more less is more just yeah. give him a few yelps because and- i'm gonna tell you right now once you make a noise that bird knows exactly where you're at and he makes a mental note of it and it's just how it is in my opinion there's a million opinions out there but you know whatever but just you don't have to get into all of that crazy calling you just don't have to you know if you can yelp pretty good cut a little bit and as long as you don't overdo it you're good you can engage a bird he's gobbling at you if and sean if the bird hangs up he'd get after i mean he'd get after him i mean get after him you know and uh most of the time it worked you know, if you you want to be real relaxed with them, all you're doing is marking where you're at, and they'll come find you eventually. If they're coming, if they're coming, they're going to come. You know, if they're not going to come, once the birds go, once the hens sit, he's going to go. Okay, that hen was there. I'm going to go check that out. Next thing you know, you're sitting there quiet. You see him coming. You know. So I mean, calling is a thing. It's really cool when your friends are at the house. You put two mouth calls in, and you know you got a slate and a glass out there, and you start calling, and everybody's like, "Man, that dude can call." Well, I'm not doing none of that in the woods. <laughs> I'm doing this in the kitchen. You know, you know I, I, I've heard we've had people on here before say all you need to do is cut and 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 you'll kill a turkey. And you see people that'll tell you, uh, you know, the whole running gun, and you're constantly moving and trying to get in front of the bird. And then other people tell you, just call and sit and stay, wait, and he'll show up. Yep. Yeah, it seems to be uh, <clears throat> there's 10 different ways to kill a turkey, and you just have to be lucky enough to pick the right one Yep. that day. Yep. Uh, and if you stay with your strategy, you know. It's it, going to pay off It's going to work. Yeah. It's going to work eventually. It, it, it's just the way it is. But with me, I'm like, um, I'm one of those guys that gets in in the morning. You know, I've located two or three birds, if I'm lucky, you know, or located a bird. And I get in, I work on him for a little bit, and then I got to get up and go. If I hear another bird, I'm running and gunning him. I'm getting up and trying to cut him off, yeah. get him to me. You know, I'm trying to work to him. is. Because that's one of the things I love about turkey hunting is I don't have to sit in a tree stand. I can get up and go, you know. I can take my, I can get up and go. I leave my, 
I'll leave my deeks right there and I'll get up and run. Almost, <laughs> I have this one. I have this one client that I guide every year. And uh, matter of fact, uh, April third, I got to be up in Alabama. They'll be in on the fourth. But um, first time I I've guided her for I don't know three or four years, and the first time that I did, <laughs> I, thought, I thought I was gonna kill her. Cause she was just, you know, she's a little old bitty thing, you know. And uh, I went to dragging her, you know. I'm like, we got to move. She looked at me like, what? I mean, it had just gotten daylight. I'm like, we got to go. She's like, what? Looked at me like, okay, well, this is my guide, so I'm gonna do that. Dude, we got up and I started hammering. <laughs> I mean, we started hammering, and uh, it took me till about nine that morning to get her a bird. But you know, we ended up. I put one at gunpoint seven yards from us, seven <laughs> yards, and she jellied his ass, you know, with a little twenty. She was a little twenty gauge, and and uh, we've been we we've been successful. She missed one last year that I called to her, but um, you know, it's my thing. I get up and go. I'll I will run one down, you know. So you know, I've had that. <clears throat> I started that way. I've had it bite me in the ass several times. It will. And then I've sat still uh, and waited and waited and waited and waited for four or five hours in one spot. And then finally said, screw it. I'm going to get up and try and move. And as soon as I stand up, that's when I realized that turkey was just in the defilade. <clears throat> and that's bit me in the ass because I haven't been patient <laughs> yeah. enough to sit there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I swear to, turkeys can smell me. <laughs> I, I know they ain't got they a good you know sense it. of smell when I got a specific odor to me. The, the turkeys um, can smell. The turkeys can smell. Uh, but I, I don't know, man. I I do enjoy it, and I'm almost afraid to kill a turkey because then I'm afraid that I'll enjoy it too much. <laughs> it's Right, because I, I get a point now where, like, I got my one turkey hunt this year, and I'll go hunt that, and I'll have a good time for about the first maybe day and a half. And then I'll be out there, fuck them damn birds. I don't want to get there. <laughs> but go back to the day. I ain't getting out of bed in the morning. And obviously, I still do get up out of bed and drive my butt back up there and, you know, do whatever I do. Uh, but well, I once the you. hunt's over, I'm just like, yeah, well, you know, maybe next year. Uh, next year comes around. Yeah, yeah, I can tell here you I am putting in for permits again. I, man, I, I, every morning when the alarm goes off during turkey season, I'm like, okay. When I get done hunting during the day, I'm like, man, I can't wait till tomorrow morning. I cannot wait. <laughs> I cannot wait. And that I'm ate up with it, you know. So that's how I am with duck hunting. I'll be sitting in the boat looking, looking at the map when when it's slow, and then I'm ho- kind of like playing on my phone, hoping that'll bring the ducks in. Right. <laughs> and I'm looking for the next spot, man. But uh, we, but you, you know, it's kind of funny you talk about if you if you can't call good, uh, then don't call a lot. Um, and I kind of think about that as if, you know, how well, you know, a second language, right? If you don't know, uh, use Spanish as an example, you know, Hola. Okay. Mm-hmm. Don't be trying to spit off a whole sentence yeah. thinking, you know what you're saying? Yeah. Just stick to Hola. Hola. Exactly. Yeah. Because you know what that busted. means. Because you're busted if you can't, you know, you're right. Well, the thing too is, and it off. comes to like, uh, and, and the thing, if you want to relate it to hunting a different bird, hunting wood ducks, people calling wood ducks. Well, you know, they make several different noises, but they all mean something else. And half the time you hear somebody on a wood duck call, they're going, 
do it. Like and that's flying. a flying noise. Right. Like, why are you doing that? The, the birds hear you. Like, oh, they're going that way? Yeah. And they fly around on pasture. You're saying the wrong thing. And you don't want to say the wrong thing if you don't know what you're saying. Right. You could be giving them the call that's saying, hey, you get the heck out of Dodge. And then no wonder they don't come to you. That's exactly right. But, I mean, if you get on if you get on the birds at the right time of year when everything's right, I mean, you can mess up a little bit. But, yeah. you know, you don't want to you don't want to over talk to them because they will they will figure out you don't know Spanish. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Real quick. That that goes back to it, man. You know, you talk about you got diaphragm calls, you got slate calls, you got this call, you got that call. It, dude, if you don't know and you can run a box call, just run a box exactly. call. Exactly. And even easier than that, little push button calls. Yeah. Hey, I mean, you get caught up in all that TV stuff that you yeah. got in your turkey vest and you're you're fighting against yourself at that point. Talking about one of those little push calls, you know, um, my wife, she can't call real good and she don't worry about it because she's got me, you know, <laughs> but if she don't have me, she's got one of those push slate little push calls, you know, and she'll yelp, 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 yelp with it. You know, and kills you know, birds. My, my dad used to have this call, and I wish I could still find it. And I know his <clears throat> his broke. Well, it is broken. He probably still has it somewhere. But it was a about the size of a three by five card, and you chalked it like a box call. And the little uh, striker was in the middle of it, so you slide the striker out, holding your hand. It was about as big as a cassette tape, and you could sit there and just yo 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 on top of it. Or beep, 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 yep. beep, and purr with it, then you could fit it in your front pocket. Yeah. If I could get my hands on one of those, that's the only thing I'd carry. Look, I actually have one of. The, I, I have. You know a, what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, Denise, got, she she got. I actually bought it for. Her. It's a tiny little slate, and it's got a little tiny striker that's got this giant knob on it. It's the, you can put it in your. I mean, it's the easiest thing to use ever. You know, and she's actually gotten pretty good with it. And it'll make every noise you need to make. This isn't even a slate. The whole thing's made out of wood. I don't have one of those. I don't know what you're talking about. It's, it's, it's. Who makes it? I don't remember, man. I was a little kid last time I remember playing with it when it worked good. And I'm sure my dad's going to have to look up if if I can just give a description to Google and see if we can find it. Right, right, right. But. And the sucker had a little, in the end of it, there was a little piece of chalk, so you could chalk your mm -hmm. your striker with it. And uh, it literally had the the bow, the belly to it, like the top of a box call. And it it had the same open in the middle like a box call, but it wasn't but about, you know, that wide and about as big as a cassette tape. You could literally just slide that striker inside it and set it and you put it in your pocket. And the whole thing fit in your pocket. Hmm. And it was the coolest little thing. Now you talk about, okay, so I'll tell you, Something I've I've made a turkey call. I don't know if I could still make it make a sound, but I know I could still make it. Well, maybe. Make a turkey call out of a water bottle, a rubber band, and a latex glove. Hmm. You ever seen that done? The only thing I think I'd have a hard time getting a hold of now is a latex glove That's, instead of a nitrile glove. That sounds like some OnlyFans stuff you're talking about. But you stretch that stretch that latex across the open top of a water bottle and cut the bottom out of it, and then you can put it up and just cluck with it. I mean, really? It sounds good. No, and you know what's real. funny? In, when, I, when I hunted with the guy from Quaker Boy, 
he was like, yeah, this, this call here. And it's literally like a hard plastic tube with a piece of latex and rubber band type things. It's just a lot nicer version of what I made right, out of a water bottle. Right. He's like, yeah, this thing, dude, the, the birds, they don't hear something that sounds like this a lot. And I was like, I made that out of a water bottle one time. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, that's, I think that's where they got the idea from. And my dad showed me how to make that when I was a kid. I used to make them in high school and screw around in act really? class with it. Yeah. But anymore, the hard thing to find, the hardest part to find of it is a latex glove. Right. They're all made out of nitrile, which doesn't flex the same. Right. What's the weirdest thing you've ever seen somebody call a turkey in with? Um, well, I actually have a friend of mine that makes his own turkey call, redneck trailer park turkey calls. But um, he an oak stick and a little piece of slate actually actually had it on camera him calling birds with it you know yeah and it's just a piece of slate he puts in his hand and chalks with an oak stick you know and it things sounded pretty good but they make turkey calls out of turkey wing bones yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah, but i don't know man crazy truck door yeah, yeah. <laughs> get him to shot gobble up a truck. Shot gobble. Yeah. <laughs> you show back up in the truck, and there's four gobblers around it. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's uh, turkey hunting. What you gonna do? They're they, it, like I said, they're not smart. They're just scared of everything, mm-hmm. and then it, yeah. it, it goes. You you can prove that by some of the dumbest crap you talk about the truck door. They'll mm-hmm. gobble out and come to. Uh, but then you go out there and put on the most perfect display in the best area in the world, and they won't come out. Won't come nowhere near you. Mm-mm. I don't know, man. I can't figure the dang birds out. But I got to tell you, I see a correlation between guys that regularly kill turkeys also seem to, if they have an affinity for whitetail hunting, seem to have an, an, an ability to kill some really nice deer. Yeah. Well, this is true. I mean, hunting's hunting, right? Right. You know, but it's uh, if you're a if you're a good turkey hunter, it's like being a good bow hunter. Mm. If you're a good bow hunter, it improves your whitetail hunting. You know, it just if you are an accomplished archery hunter, it makes you become a good hunter. You know, because it's so up, up close and personal, and you know it's you know it's like my dad always used to tell me, boy, you get to where you can kill him with a bow, you're good to go. You know, you know I've heard it said too, if you want to kill more deer, hunt rabbits, and the meaning to that is you're if you, you when you're looking at deer and rabbits exist in the same place. Right, and they they feed on the same schedule for the most part, right, and all that, yeah. But in order to see a rabbit, you have to focus in so much better on the super fine details of what's there because rabbits are small. And when you're hunting the rabbit, that's when you see the deer because you pick up on the white patch on the on the chest or this little twitch of that or twitch of this. Yeah, and I I don't know. There, there's a lot of hunting. I mean, hunting's hunting's hunting, and you if you treat uh, like a something my son learned this year <clears throat> when we went squirrel hunting back in late January, 
Every time he's gone with me before this year, we've always kind of a running gun technique, walking with shotguns, shooting him as we jump him through the trees. Well, this year I said, no, I'm not doing that. We're going to go find some oak trees. We're going to sit, and we're going to wait. And the years prior, we might have killed one or two squirrels. We killed nine this year. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's a great technique to kill squirrels. Just go and sit in their habitat. And he thought and his he thought his shot his four ten was a way to go until he watched his dad just put a whooping on with that twenty two <laughs> sixty yards. <laughs> I don't know. I like the shotgun. Yeah, the shotgun's fun, man. But you can't beat the range of a twenty two. No. When it comes to squirrels. Yeah, especially you got if you got it dialed in good. You know, it's, yeah, it's all right. I'm head shooting at 50 and 60 yeah, yards at 22. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get you a good scope on it and you know it's right. Yeah. Uh, that's good, way to shoot good scope. I think mine's a beaming. Right. I'll knock them down. I'll knock them down running out. You, how many squirrels you get? Uh-huh. I got one or two. Okay. We did get luck. Excuse me. <clears throat> I hit that one. We we did right get there at camp. Yeah, there was well, of those of those three squirrels. So we got lucky, and you know when we showed up there, the check station attendant didn't show up. So we're at Seminole Forest, and there's a line from the gate going into the check station all the way back out to forty six. Yeah. So we got a hold of uh, Jean Marie, and she gave us a code to the gate and the code to the check station. So we signed everybody in, and then we went <laughs> on for the hunt, and. Uh, Everybody left, and the guys that were going with us, like, where are we going to go? I was like, you just wait. And they all left, and I said, y'all want to go left or right? I'm like, what do you mean? I said, from the check station. We're going to go right out from the check station. Because we're going to I had intentions to hunt rabbits that morning. Right. Let the kids try and get some rabbits with the 410. Well, no sooner we went to the right, the first freaking pine tree, we killed four squirrels out of it. <laughs> exactly. That's, yeah. That's exactly where mm-hmm. they should be. I, it's right there. I, look, we, we were standing there talking at the check station about where we want to go, and I go, there's a squirrel in that tree. <laughs> yeah, one of those one of those four squirrels had BBs in it. Yeah, that's the I shot one time. Yeah, the right only there. the only other, the only other three I shot with a twenty two. Uh, but we got up underneath and that tree, I, and as soon as I see one shoot it, there's another one. There's another one. There's another. We must have been in a dang den tree or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we walked down that road, didn't see no rabbits. Came back, went off to another spot, sat for what is it, fifteen twenty minutes at Moxon Camp, killed yeah. two there, lost one to the tree. Then went from there off to another spot, sat there for ten or fifteen minutes, killed two more. I, I mean, shot more. I shot more trying to get that one squirrel out of the tree <laughs> than I did anything else. Though, well, I mean, but, I, said, I was right there with all your kids. I wasn't trying to shoot a bunch of them. I was letting right. them do it. I'm ruthless. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> savage. <laughs> These kids are all wandering around trying to figure out how they're going to get an angle on that squirrel. I said, nope. Yeah, all twenty two. <laughs> Oh, but uh, I don't know, man. And it hunting's hunting's hunting, and it takes patience. And well, just about every time, because I killed that one as soon as we pulled up. I watched it; it scurried across the road. Yeah. We got it out of the truck. I went right over there, and I was like, he was fixing the hall, and I was like, no, <laughs> no, we're gonna end this problem right, right here, right now. <laughs> but yeah, but hunting's hunting. You know, it's one of them things. You you know, it's just. Yeah, if you grow up doing it and you got it, it it works out, you know. And it, it, me being in the guiding business, I, I I see where it hasn't worked out a bunch, you know. 
I yeah. mean, I, I deal with people that they got no clue. But it's cool to guide them because I get to teach them a little bit of something. And most of them are interested in figuring out what we're doing, you know. But it's, uh, you know, just kind of promoting the sport, you know. I learned more about turkey hunting on an unsuccessful guided trip. Uh, it took in that in that one morning from you know before sunrise until I think we tried to about two in the afternoon, and he really wanted to get me a turkey. Yeah. I was like, dude, I'm not that worried about it. Yeah. But the amount of knowledge that I took away from that experience with that guide, it saved me years of trial and error. Yeah. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, that's one of my, it's one of the things that I do because I, I really care about what I'm doing. Right. So I, you know, I try to, I try to instruct and teach as much as I possibly can, you know, with the hunter that I have. If right. we're successful or unsuccessful, I want that hunter to leave me and go, man, that dude did what he had to do i've learned a bunch of stuff from him and that's how that's how i want you to think about it i'm not i'm not in it for the money i mean the money's good don't get me wrong but you know if i didn't teach you something and show you a really good time in the woods and instruct you on something that you didn't know i didn't do my job the thing too is i think you did it's it did it gets kind of lost sometimes when when people want to uh they want to learn. I want to learn how to hunt. Like, okay, well, I, I hate it because it's like when my the only thing I can equate it to is when my son's like, "Dad, can you teach me how to tie my shoes?" He knows how to tie his shoes, just not that great. He never asked me when we're not doing anything. He only asked me when we're about to walk right out the door. And he's trying to put his shoes on. You teach me how to tie my shoes. I'm like, dude, I don't have time to teach you how to tie your shoes right now. We just need to tie your shoes and get the heck out of the house. So when you come to me in the middle of deer season, right before the rut, you're like, man, can you teach me how to deer hunt? Like, dude, I can't. You're about to daylight in a dollar short. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I can take you on a deer hunt, and all reality, I can uh, I can put you in a tree and, and hope for you to be successful, but I, but I can't teach you the ins and outs and what you're looking for and how to find where you want to sit. That takes time. That, takes, uh, that type of uh, learning needs to take place outside of deer season. All right. Yep. And that's why I encourage people to come out and do the small game hunts with us. Yep. Because that's, I got plenty of time to teach you then. We yep. can look at deer tracks. We can look at deer sign. We did all that when we wandered around. Mm-hmm. Hey, and that small game hunt stuff that you guys do, that is the basics of hunting. Right. It's the basics of hunting, mm-hmm. you know. And it's, it's you know, it'll, it'll teach somebody how to move around in the woods and this and that and the other. So, I mean, you guys do a great job with that, you know, as far as all of your uh, small game hunts and everything y'all do for public land. And, you know, it's it's just uh, you guys do a great job, great job with it. I think that uh, Lieutenant Dan gave some of the best advice when it comes to hunting. And he could swim with no legs. Yeah, and that yeah. was get down, <laughs> shut up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Sit still and be quiet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but That's exactly uh, right. I don't, I don't know, man. And but the thing too is what I was getting at with the with people wanting to learn to hunt is you have too many people that want you to 
continually teach them over and over and over again. Whereas you need to take what you learn from the person who taught you. They, they taught you a piece of something that they knew. Unless you spend a whole lot of time with them outside of season, they can't teach you everything they know. But in the right. short period you hire a guide, they're going to teach you a piece of how they know how to hunt whatever you're chasing. Mm-hmm. And if you really like that guide, hire him again. Go with that that same person over and over again. And every time you'll learn something more. But I encourage you to, if you, especially if you can't afford to do it every single year, take the piece of knowledge you learned from that guy and apply it with something you read about or something you witnessed yourself in the woods. Continue to over and over do that over and over. When you can't afford a guide again, you want to go with that guide, hire them again. You want to go with somebody else, you might learn something different. Yep. Uh, so you take, then you take that piece of knowledge and this piece of knowledge and learn from your mistakes, be honest and open about how the best thing you can do is look at the situation every single time something goes wrong and say, how did I screw that up? Exactly. Man. And that that's happened numerous times, especially guiding turkeys because it's such a, oh, it's very difficult to kill turkeys you know and it's um the some of the people that i've guided over the years that keep coming back keep guiding them you know well i mean i spend time with them after the hunt talk to them or eating dinner and they will admit man i screwed that up you know <laughs> as a guide you're not supposed to go oh yeah you, yeah you did you oh, yeah, screwed you did. that but i'll tell them yeah you screwed that up and this is what you should have done you know this is how you should have overcome that you know, and uh, it's it, it, those those people I really enjoy guiding because they're actually trying to learn, you know, and care about what they're doing. Their husband or their, their spouse didn't pay for the hunt, and they're there because they want to learn and kill animals. You know, right. and it, it's I I soup I, I enjoy the I enjoy the hell out of that man. It's one of the things I love about guiding. Now there's some things I don't like about it, but that I do like. About yeah, it. <laughs> I, I can imagine it could be be quite a bit of fun. And I I don't know. I enjoyed uh, taking people out hunting and trying to teach people. I mean, I took uh, my buddy Tristan. Um, we were neighbors, so he got exposed to. I guess he was probably the first person that I actually really taught everything I knew about hunting to hunting deer, because um, he. He grew up, quote unquote, hunting, which hunting for him was, uh, if the deer's on my side of the truck, I'll hold my arm on the steering wheel. If it's on yours, right. you can rest on the window. Right. Uh, as they ride through the national forest. Uh, so before we met, he hunted by himself, didn't see a dang deer. And he's like, I said, you want you deer hunt? He's like, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I don't ever see anything. I was like, well, let's, we'll scout together this summer. We're next door neighbors, so we're all constantly going out together. And we scouted, did put in the work, and opening morning of deer season that year, he got a shot at his first deer. Did not hit it. I mean, he hit it, didn't kill it, hit it in the leg, best I could tell. Trailed it for 600 yards, never found it. And then maybe three weeks later, killed his first deer. And then he went on from that year, killed that. He killed a, a little button buck in a six-point to killing a nine-point the next year and like three does with a crossbow that man was ruthless with that crossbow (laughs) 
he he had a he had a compound bow. We were gonna bow hunt with it, and then he fell off a roof helping somebody do it and broke his wrist. And he's like, I can't bow hunt. I was like, bull crap. Let's look on this is back when Craigslist was king. Right. You know, we found right, it, we right. found a crossbow on Craigslist for fifty bucks, a little uh like recurve style crossbow. Got a new fifteen dollar string off of Amazon. That man was ruthless with That's that. Just crossbow. some Walmart arrows. Oh yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> you, you you could hear that crossbow from seventy five yards. Like, thum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, kid you not, dude. He swacked a doe open a weekend, shot two in a weekend, then shot another one. I'm like, dude, you're gonna have to like lay off him, all right? Because we need to kill some deer around here. Every okay? every time you heard him shoot, you went Sparta. Oh, the first time I was happy. The second time I was happy. The third and fourth time I was like, son of a bitch. I'm dragging his deer again. Yeah. Um, Dude, I was guiding this guy this this season here just a couple weeks ago. And they're, they're repeat clients. Um, you know, they're repeat clients that have been coming to the lodge in Alabama about six or seven years straight. And I've watched this kid grow up. And... Uh, I, I took him. I, I took him to a place that we don't hunt very often, and I put him up in the tree that morning. And I come back at eleven o'clock to pick him up for lunch. I walk in the woods and get to him, and he climbs down. <laughs> he looks at me and goes, "He goes, hey man." He said, "This place is like a zoo." I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "I have seen since daylight. I've been looking." At deer and turkeys all morning. He's like, you ran the turkeys off when you walked in here. He's like, it, this has been awesome. So this kid never killed a buck, right? All these years, he's, he's never killed a buck. He's killed hogs and does and this and that and the other. But he killed his first buck this year, a little eight point. And uh, it was so it, it was so cool that um, he got to do that. I was so happy for him because I've, I've been taking him hunting, you know, since he was little, yeah. you know, and uh, that just, you know, one of the things about guiding is, you know, no doing that, you know, yeah. and it was, it, man, it was awesome. But that piece of property that we had him on, we haven't hunted it in a couple of years. You know, it's like a little sanctuary in there. And I think he is that morning. I think he saw 50 deer. Somewhere around there. He's yeah. like, I lost count. You know, he's like, feet are go off. And he's like, man, them jokers just come tromping in here. You know? So, anyway, I don't know why I thought about that, but I did. <laughs> I said, you know, I had Tristan that, that year he hunted with the crossbow. We were hunting on the base to start with at Fort Campbell. And that year, I want to say you could kill like 21 hens either it's 21 hens total or 21 hens a day in an archery only area for turkeys in the fall because i had sat up there and seen i quit counting at like 84 birds one morning deer hunting up there wow and uh that place was slap overrun with turkey so fall turkey was it was game on well we come back one afternoon i was like you see anything he's like yeah i saw like dang 40 turkeys i was like why didn't you shoot a turkey He's like, it's not turkey season. It's like, dude, it's fall turkey. You can shoot like 20-something of them a day or total for the season. You serious? I was like, yeah, we're, as long as we're in an archery area. And and we were. And he was like, well, hell, I didn't know that. 
So we go to hunt next time. He's got a quiver full of bolts. <laughs> he's ready to go, son. He went from having the three in the quiver that was attached to the crossbow to like a whole hip quiver with like 15 of them <laughs> in there from Walmart. He's, like, like, go. <laughs> he's about to haul out some birds. He Never saw another needle. turkey. Right. Yeah. That's exactly what I was just going to say. He didn't see another bird, did he? Never saw Them another turkey. Know. Yeah. They heard him get out of the truck and like, man, that sounds like a bunch of bolts rattling. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing this. To not woods, tonight. Yeah. Not this yeah. morning. Oh, that's funny. But uh, I don't know, man. I, I, that's, I assume you've completed your Grand Slam. <laughs> I've killed a slam. Yeah, a U.S. slam. But no oscillated turkey. Mm-mm. Why not? I ain't got the money. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't got the money. How far south you got to go to get it oscillated? I don't know. Down there a little bit. More than my pop pocket will pay for. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I've am i killed one. You know, my wife's been working on doing it for a couple of years now. And uh, just, it, it's just time. What states you got on the list this year? Um... I've got Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, Pennsylvania, Texas, um, and I'm trying Washington State. Was that a Miriam? Yeah. So I'm I'm trying Washington State. I don't know if I'll get there or not, but I am elk hunting this year out there. Possibly Washington State and Oregon. Who do you know in Washington State? Um, I have a buddy of mine that I was actually in the Ranger Regiment with who owns a lodge uh, in Washington State and owns a big piece of property in Oregon um, because he actually married a girl that's very wealthy. So um, I'm definitely going to hunt Washington State elk. And possibly Oregon. Don't know, but so I got a couple of buddies out there. Uh, one that killed an elk this last year, uh, but they a couple of buddies that hunt in Washington State. Are they east or west side of the mountains? Mm, depends on where they're hunting. Right. They live uh, west of the mountains, but go back hunt bear and elk on the east side. Uh, I think he killed his elk on the west side this last year. Mm-hmm. And he said it was just a alder choke mm-hmm. hell hole in there thick as all could get it out dude it's so thick he it, shot the elk with a muzzleloader didn't find it till three days later right. so he lost all the meat but mm. yeah that um the east or the west side you know it's a man yeah it's sasquatchy oh it's, it's it, dude it's rainforest thick it's rainforest is what yeah. it is you know it is thick dude there's some trees in there because you know blacktail hunted out there a bunch and, and there's some trees in there man that are you're like you stop and look at it and you're like that thing is prehistoric <laughs> yeah. you know where did yeah. that come from you know mm-hmm. but yeah a friend of mine that i was in regiment with um jeff he uh he wanted to go out there and, and hunt and i'm like yeah well, I, I can get us a place to go hunt so we're gonna go out there and elk hunt um washington state together which will be cool because i haven't seen him in 20 years yeah or better you know um we were in we went to panama we jumped into panama together and then we did the um first gulf war 
together. And then I left there and went to first special forces group. And that was the last time I'd seen him. So it's been a while. Yeah. You know? Um, so we got reunited and, uh, here just, I don't know, six or eight months ago, he called me out of the blue, you know, found me and we got talking. He has a place in Texas. He lives in Texas. He's got a place in Texas that he hunts and we got talking about hunting and, and, uh, I'm like, man, he's like, I want to go elk hunting once he figured out what I kind of do. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, I can probably figure that out. You know, so we're going to go out to Washington State and elk hunt together. I'm looking forward to it, you know, because I'm sure he's just as broke and as broke up and as fat <laughs> as I am. So, you know, and, and I called Dave and he's like, yeah, y'all can go hunt the remote camp if y'all want to, which is a horse trek, a horse. You know, we got to yeah. take the horses in there. And uh, <laughs> asked Jeff, I'm like, man, when's the last time you rode a horse? He's like, I don't know, about six months ago. And I'm like, dude, it's been, you know, 40 years since I rode one, you know. It's so like riding a bike. Yeah, you know, we're going to go to the remote camp and hunt. And he's like, all right, we got to take horses in there. He's like, all right. And I'm like, oh, this don't sound good, Mm-mm. you know. So we'll see if I make it back there or not, but make it in. But I don't know. I'm thinking uh, 2024 is going to be an interesting year. I'm looking forward to it. I think we're going to end up on a uh, – hopefully we'll end up on our sandbar hunt this year. Did, didn't y'all go up there last year for that or this nope. year? No. Y'all didn't go? No, nope, we didn't draw it, but we've hit the point now where we will, we should, based on preference points, draw it this year, next year. We're in that sweet spot now. Man, that, that's, dude, the no and the mosquitoes are going to kill y'all. I'll be all right. <laughs> kill me everywhere else, too. <laughs> well, you're ex military. You'll be all right. Yeah, we'll be fine. <laughs> all right. Well, Jay, I appreciate you joining us, man. I'm, I guess we're going to kick off spring with turkeys. I know we got some more turkey guests coming up here in the near future. So, Right on. Springs well, are coming in. Well, cool. Give me some calls, whoever's coming in next. I don't know. Oh, I think we're we're working on turkeys for tomorrow coming in here shortly. Hey. I don't know. They're, they're, what was that? Who was that guy that you had in here last year that made them mouth call? Chuck Etchenique. Chuck Etchenique, yeah. Oh, I need Rebel some. Cole. Oh, he I need. He just made his, made his run, and I don't know if he's got any extra, but I'll text him. I need some of those. I'll text him. Dude, that's the best. I shouldn't say this out loud because I might get cut he off. He only cut he off only a makes he only makes them uh, like makes a limited run once a year, and then once they're gone, they're gone. Man. This freaking hoot owl call <sighs> is. I got his coot call. I just can't figure out how to use it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I don't know. That one, it out. that one you gave me, the, man, that thing is so nice. I had it in my mouth last night, actually. Yeah. You know, uh, using it, that thing is so soft and so it's just so I say that's easy. The only downfall to his calls is they are soft. They're they don't they don't last very long with heavy use, right? But they're also priced accordingly, right? Um, they're meant to kind of replace every year, but. They are the most comfortable mouth call I've ever used. Yeah, I I need two of those, please. Yeah. Thank you. I'll uh I'll reach out to him <laughs> see if he's got any left. But that's for anybody else who wants to. It's uh, Rebel Yelp Outfitters, Rebel Yelp Game Calls. Chuck Etchenique. Yeah, he's uh, he runs the future of hunting in Florida. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you right now. His his mouth calls are awesome. Yeah, I oof man, and, and they're actually really easy to use. You know. 
if for talking about people that can't call real well, you know. And I had to fight him off birds last year. On oh, that's yeah. <laughs> he was got in the climb in there at the same time, so I see his oh, little thing. Yeah, really? where we were last year, and I see his little. Uh, I, I was sitting there one morning, and uh, I'm watching. You know, birds. you're in a good spot when Nick shows up. Oh yeah, because I was I was <laughs> watching birds. Yeah, I right. was watching birds from the wood line out in the field, and I see this little thing uh, SUV pull up and stop. I'm like, oh shit, somebody else sees these birds, and I'm just I'm watching with my eyes because they were pretty close to me, maybe 200 yards, and I pulled my binoculars out and I look up and was like. That's fucking Chuck. <laughs> and he's on the other side of the field watching directly back towards me. <laughs> it's like it's like that Chappelle. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. And I texted him and I didn't leave my birds alone. I said, I'm standing directly across the field from you in the wood line. <laughs> oh, but joke's funny. on me because uh, I did not kill those birds and he, he did. did. I told you that man. Like a week, like a week later. Yeah, turkey's savage. Yeah, he definitely he is. is. Yeah, well, off that, I need a couple of those mouth calls. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, let, I'll, I'll let him know. I hope Sean don't. I hope he just Sean. he just put a dang post up on Facebook the other day. I sure said something to you. Oh my I'll goodness! But I hope I hope Sean from Aggressive Game Calls doesn't hear what I'm saying right now because I'll get dropped. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay though. I already got all my calls for this year from him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, all right, we'll catch you guys next week. All right, brother. We'll see you.